Hello and welcome to State of Crime. Two murders, one state, lots of crime. You did that backwards, but okay, it's cool. It's because you, you jinxed me. You make me do this and you're like, because you're so good at it. And I'm really not. And we've been drinking wine while we've been recording this one. So things might be a little rougher than regular. So, But I'm super excited about your murder yes, today. Yes, I'm excited. Yes. Well, we're just going to jump right into it. This is John Brennan Crutchley, also known as the Vampire Rapist. On November 21st of 1985, John Brennan Crutchley was driving home when he saw a 19-year-old girl hitchhiking. Which Don't hitchhike. Hitchhiking's bad. Yes, I just... <laughs> and I do remember when it, everybody used to do it, you well, know? And, and I'm currently watching the Ted Bundy Files on yes. Netflix, and they also talked about... How hitchhiking was such like a normal thing yes. until all of these crazy things started happening to the hitchhikers. Right. So just like don't ever yes. do that. It's a terrible idea. And it's and I, I would I would venture to guess that far more horrible things happen to hitchhikers than people who pick them up. Although there are instances of that as well. So. Yes. And some good horror movies about that. Yes, so. true. Yes. One of my favorite movies ever yeah. is oh, actually really? about that. Yeah. Nice. So he picked her up and offered her a ride. And he told her he needed to stop by his house before taking her to Melbourne, which was about a 10-minute drive from where they were. Okay. Now, also, aside from hitchhiking, don't ever stop at somebody else's house. Yes. Don't let them take you anywhere. Yeah. Like, any location. Yeah. Like, if they're not taking you exactly to where you need to go, don't get in the car. no thank you. I'll wait for the next one. Yeah. So, when they pulled into his driveway, he tied some sort of ligature around her neck and choked her until she passed out and then dragged her into his house now he was married and had a kid kids this is the other thing like i'm always amazed because i think almost all of the male perpetrators that we've done all the male murders we've done so far have been have been married yeah which is also always astonishing to me do they are they that good at hiding one side of themselves or yeah i don't understand how that happens yeah how do they again with the whole ted bundy thing such a family man right so he was so charming and all of this that you just don't know but also ted bundy's girlfriend she did suspect she suspected and called the cops on it right so i mean there is that and then there's all the other women who also called the cops about their boyfriends, which is another thing to talk about at another time. Yeah, so. we're getting sidetracked here. Yes, yes. So he dragged her body into his house, and once they were inside, he stripped her naked and tied her to his kitchen counter. Oh, God. Which I think is a, a strange place. Like Incredibly I w- unsanitary. A dining room table, maybe, yeah. I feel like would make more sense. You got like a... I right. don't know. <laughs> So he tied her to the kitchen counter, and he set up lights and a video camera so that he could record his rape and torture of his victim. After he raped her, he used medical tubing and needles to drain her blood. Oh, my God. While draining her blood, he told her that he was a vampire, and he told her that he was going to drink her blood. All right. Very Dracula thing to say. Yes, yes. Now, for the next 20 or so hours, mm-hmm. he kind of bounced back and forth 
between raping her and draining so more of her blood. Where's his wife at this point? Do we um, the wife and kid had gone out of town to visit family. Okay. And okay. he stayed home. So he I knew that this was yes. a secure place. Okay. Yes. So he went back and forth between raping her and draining her blood. Ugh. All in all, he drained about 45% of her blood, which is... A lot. A lot. And she survived. Yeah, so she did survive. And the next day, or two days later, he locked her in the bathroom Mm -hmm. because he had to go to work. Oh, my God. So he kept her at the house the whole time. Yes. He locked her in the bathroom so he could go to work. (laughs) And while he was gone, this blows my mind, because we'll talk about this in next week's case as well. Okay. People, women who have been tortured, being able to monster up the strength to escape. Well, she hadn't been so weak. Yeah. I mean, aside from the trauma, psychologically, of what's happened to her and the rape, to have lost that 45% of her blood. blood. Yes. So while he was gone, she wrapped herself in a towel and she pushed open the bathroom window and climbed out of it. Amazing. And you she go. Good. Good for her. still had handcuffs on her wrists wow. and her ankles. And she just stumbled down the road until a passerby decided to stop and pick her up. She's a hero. He, she showed her rescuer where she had come from. Okay. She begged him not to take her there, but they drove past it so he could. Right. So he knew where what had happened, where she came from. Right. She had somebody else to verify. Yes, and he did that. And then he took her to the hospital. Which, again, good for her. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To have the wherewithal to think about doing all of that, to set that up for the police. Yes. To make sure that in the trauma she doesn't forget. Yes. And, I mean, she's only 19. Even more amazing. Yeah. I don't think that I would be able to, like, actually knowing from, like, my past almost kidnapping experience, (laughs) I would not have the thought process to be able to do something like that. Yeah. So she got to the hospital, and the doctor said she would have died within 12 hours had she not escaped and gotten to the hospital. After telling police about the rape and torture, they got a warrant for John Crutchley's home, and they found enough evidence to arrest him. Right. Granted, he didn't have any time to clean up after himself (laughs) because he was too busy at work. Police discovered the video camera used to record his crimes, but at some point he had erased the footage of the rape and of the draining of her blood. Um, They've also found the 19-year-old's ID along with a number of other ID cards. So there was also multiple locks of hair and several necklaces. So he went overboard with the whole trophy thing. Yes. So he kept their IDs and some of them had locks of hair and necklaces and... Yes. They found a number of sexually explicit pictures of women tied up and gagged. And some of them showed Crutchley choking the women with his hands. There was more than enough evidence that they needed. Along with the ID cards, the hair, the photos, and the necklaces, they found a box of index cards that he used to keep track of his sexual partners. Oh, God. One of the partners was Deborah Fitzjohn, who was one of his ex-girlfriends. Now, she had to disappear in 1978. 
And when did this happen? This when? was in 85. Okay. So we have seven years. Yes. Okay. So she disappeared in 78 while they were both living in Washington, D.C. And many months later, her body was found naked in the woods. He was the only suspect in her murder, but police could never get enough evidence to charge him with anything. That kind of stuff just drives me crazy. Because how many more women Mm -hmm. did he victimize? You know what I mean? In those following seven years. Yeah. One of the IDs was linked to another hitchhiker who had gone missing in 85. Her body was never found. And while living in Florida, a number of skeletal remains of unidentified women were found within miles of his house. Oh, my God. So she was very lucky to escape. Mm -hmm. Did he kill all his victims? We assume so. Because she's the only one alive that we know of. So when he was in jail, his cellmate claims that Crutchley admitted to killing his ex-girlfriend and several others, which at this point we've kind of gotten. There was not enough evidence to charge him with any murders. And in 1985, Crutchley was charged with the kidnapping and rape the 19-year-old hitchhiker who had gotten away. Okay, so they found skeletal remains near his house. Yes. But that wasn't enough to charge him with murder. They were unidentified. They couldn't. Oh, okay. In April of 1986, he accepted a plea bargain. Okay. He pled guilty to kidnapping and rape in exchange. The prosecutors agreed not to charge him with a couple of drug-related crimes that he also had. There was some, like, marijuana things. Okay. Very minor. Yeah. And they also would not charge him with draining her blood. (laughs) Okay. So, he was sentenced to 25 years. Okay, that's ridiculous. It gets worse. Oh, no. So, he was released 10 years later in 1996. Why? Good behavior and time served. Uh, See, and again, that kind of... You know, this is the thing that just drives me also absolutely bonkers. And I know that there's been a ton of stuff about this throughout the media but when you compare people doing sentences for pot versus rapists who as we will know sometimes get nothing even when they're caught in the act and looking at you Brock Turner um, (laughs) just the rage I feel about violent sexual offenders getting these little slaps on the hand when we know how often they're involved in such other horrific things that well I'm, it may get better for you. Okay. So while he was out on parole, he was sent to a halfway house okay. in Orlando, where he was almost immediately sent back to prison. Because? Drug charge. Yes. Thank goodness. Okay. So maybe drug charges aren't always bad. <laughs> I mean, it's still just a marijuana charge, which in this case is a good thing. Right. Other than that, I think it's dumb. But since he was deemed a habitual offender, he was sentenced to life in prison. Yes. Which, in my mind, in this case, props. Right. In general, makes me so mad. Because he was charged with rape and kidnapping, and he was let out in 10 years. He gets charged with a drug crime with weed, life in prison. Right, right. But that's not, I mean, there, and I think this is why we do find a lot of pushback against legalizing weed is it's there are a lot of cases like this where a very minor sort of drug offense 
get somebody like this off the streets. And again, I that's a whole other thing that you know I'm sure we could talk about for a very long time. Yeah, because it has also been used, especially as we know, against people of color, poor people, you know, to really destroy their lives. And I'm not in any way okay with but, that. Yeah, but that something makes me like this so is. mad. Me too. And he's never been convicted of murder? No. Wow. He was only convicted of the rape and the kidnapping. And, and then the <laughs> and then this this drug charge. And then his, so for the drug charge he got life in prison. Me now too. on March thirtieth of two thousand two, he was found dead in his cell. Ooh, so kind of like my case. Yes. Yes. He had a plastic bag over his head. And in August of 2002, the Florida Department of Corrections released a report confirming he accidentally killed himself oh. while performing autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh, ew. Which, for those of you who don't know, is just a very nice term of saying he was choking himself while masturbating. Right, right. Because it's supposed to increase your, your orgasm. Yeah. But good riddance. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, this is a case I, I don't feel badly about. Yeah. And to this day, officials are still trying to identify women that he may have killed. Wow. Even though he can't be charged with it. Right. At all. But just to give the family's closure. Mm -hmm. And so do they think, I mean, like many serial killers, was he victimizing sex workers and maybe Uh, runaways? Most of it seemed to be hitchhikers. Okay. Was his... So maybe these are women who were on the run, might not be reported missing. I think I'm that that's probably what he thought with them being hitchhikers. Mm-hmm. Is that's what many people think? Right. Nobody's going to come looking for them. Mm-hmm. So might as well. These were women who could easily fall through the cracks and yep. disappear. And mm-hmm. yeah, and that's another thing too that again is very very disheartening is. So often you have women at risk for whatever reason, their lives are difficult, and it does seem like their deaths are just kind of taken, I don't want to say taken for granted, that's not quite the terminology I'm looking for, but just accepted as, hey, you know, they were doing high risk things, comes with the territory, and I don't feel like they get quite the same I don't know care maybe I agree that some others do I think that our justice system needs to worry about other things more than others yes the, I personally think that prostitution either needs to be decriminalized or just legalized oh I, I'm I've always been I've always felt like it should be legalized and I mean you know again my mother's German and you know, it's legal in Germany. I've been to Germany many times. You know, sex workers there. It's a legal profession. It's, you know, overlooked by the state. Sex workers have cards. They have to go, and I think it's like once a month, be tested for STDs. You know, and it does, not that there isn't still, you know, an underground black market sort of sex trade, which is horrific and, and really does victimize women. But when you legitimize it, it does get rid of a lot of that criminal element. Yeah, and I think it makes it a lot safer exactly for these women because realistically, prostitution is porn without it being recorded. 
That's yeah. all it is. So these women in the porn industry are getting paid to do the same exact thing, except it's on camera. You know, I've never, ever thought of it that way before, but that's a really awesome and fascinating comparison because we don't we don't we don't criminalize or you know go after people who make pornography mm-hmm. and it, yeah like you it's said the it's the exact same, same exact thing. thing they're having sex on film for money yeah so if it's not recorded it's in a motel six then somehow it's suddenly a crime that's a great point yeah it just it and with the amount of violence and crimes we have against sex workers it would make their job so much safer because we have go back to jack the ripper yes when he was killing the prostitutes Mm -hmm. nobody would come forward Mm -hmm. because they're scared of being penalized for what they do for work exactly you can pretty much throw a dart and hit the name of any serial killer and if not all a lot of his victims are sex workers yeah and it just and nobody can will come forward Mm -hmm. to the cops with information because they're scared of what is going to happen to them yeah and it just it doesn't make sense if they had a safer work environment right because god knows that these porn stars they have to get tested every so often Mm -hmm. they are not getting sent to sketchy ass places where they could possibly get hurt or killed. Right. And it's just, it's safer. Mm-hmm. If it was more of like, I don't know. Ugh. I just went on a rant. Yeah. <laughs> it, makes, it makes me so mad. It just doesn't well, it make sense too. to me. Me too. Because they're basically the same thing, except one's illegal. And because one's being used for entertainment purposes, it's fine. Right. Yeah, that's that's a fascinating approach to it. Like I said, I'd never thought of that before. Yeah. So. Oh, we got way off course here. We did, but <laughs> but some good discussion, definitely, and and an essential part of this as well. I mean, there there's yeah. a huge portion of our population that is repeatedly victimized because of this issue, and it is something again, like we talked about with the Carl Robert Brown case. You know, mental health and having some sort of sanity yeah. about you know to whom we sell weapons. These are other things that I think as a society, we do, if we don't talk about these things, we're not going to make them better. I so. agree. Yeah. Well, if any of you want to join in on this ranting yes. conversation, we have a discussion group now yes. on Facebook. So join. Let us know what you think. If we've made you angry, if you agree <laughs> with us, we just ask you to be respectful. This yep. is definitely a very debatable topic. Yes. But I think it's something we need to debate. I think it is. I agree. So... So next week, yes, we're going down to New Mexico, which this is the one I've been looking forward to most since before we started the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. To hear so yours. yeah, this case that I'm doing on Thursday. Sorry, guys, gotta wait a week. <laughs> but it, I spent before we started this podcast, I spent about a week or two straight of just researching this case. That's amazing. Because it, I've got, like, a strange tie to it a little bit. Okay. And it's... Ooh, personal connection. We yeah, always like those. I think that's that's probably why it caught my attention so much, is because I do have such personal connection to it that I researched it for a week or two straight. And we're finally getting there. So I'm really excited about it. Yay. I'm excited, too. So, well, thank you for listening. And join our discussion group. Let us know what you think. Yeah. 